Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Case File 13 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This episode we're debunking society's most widely held belief, revealing some remarkable first-hand evidence to demonstrate that our planet is not in fact a globe. I phoned up Jimmy Guinness, a tour guide who not only believes that the world in which we live is flat, but is someone who has been able to directly verify that as the truth. For some years now, Jimmy has been conducting tours to the actual edge of the Earth. We talk about what it's like out there and discuss the remarkable community that live right on the border. The recording starts with me asking Jimmy whether his first excursion was deliberate or accidental. Complete accident. I was hoping to uh, uh, take the scenic route uh, down from Southampton to uh, Edinburgh, but instead of going up, uh, I wanted to go round. You know what I mean? It's a lot. It's a beautiful drive. That anyway, I, I, I went into the uh, went into the sea. I've got one of those coaches that um, you know, like James Bond had one of those cars that could go into the water. The Lotus, yeah. Yes, the Lotus Esprit. Well, I've got a coach Lotus Esprit that. Uh, well, I did. I didn't know, uh, basically, it could float until I actually um, reversed into the English Channel. Trying to reverse out of a, of a parking space and bam, back into the sea. Straight into the sea, yes. Now, you make a good, uh, you know, a good thing out of a bad thing, don't you, in life? So a lot of people were screaming. Uh, people weren't happy about this. They wanted refunds. And I turned around and I looked them in the eye. Uh, I could only see their eyes because we were, uh, well, nose deep in uh, in water. So you're coach didn't float well it did uh, no i need to correct you there it did float for a period of time right it obviously sank but there was a moment if someone took a picture where it was floating i mean there was a moment where it was flying to be honest but um, look this coach is fantastic sure i spent a lot of money going down there to have a look at it you know james cameron goes to uh, look at the titanic now and then i spent a good uh, about 20 grand going down there and filming how would you get down there well i uh, i hired a uh, uh, a group of boy scouts that wanted to uh, find uh, shells and I saw them on the beach. I said, boys, do you want to get your submarine badge? And they all looked at me like, yeah, sure, pal. They built a submarine. We went down there. We had a look around the coach and you know when uh, Cameron's going around the Titanic and he sees the chandelier and the staircase, it was exactly the same with this coach. We looked at the uh, the VHS player, the, uh, the toilet, the uh, sandwiches that someone had left. Of course, uh, you know, but, but it's, it's a sad purpose? story because there were ten people in there as well. But they were all they they were smiling actually, fantastic group of people. Uh, I brought them up uh, and then buried them at sea, so I chucked them back in again, and they actually landed in the same seats that they were in. It did raise a laugh. 
the local newspaper reported it. Um, some of the nationals reported it. I went on the run for six months, but, uh, well, people couldn't find me. Why? I was living in the coach. Um, you need a lot of oxygen for that, but thanks, I would like to say publicly, thank you to those Boy Scouts that won their oxygen badges by bringing me gas. Why do you feel the need to get down there in a submarine? Because presumably James Cameron did that because he didn't know what the Titanic looked like. You must have had a pretty good memory of all the items you just described. Yes, yes. Well, you know, it's a very good question, and people were asking me that. They were like, "Look, you, it wasn't a uh, hundred years ago; it was, it was yesterday." And I said, "I don't care. That was my pride and joy. I want to get down there now." Now, I haven't actually uh, re- revealed this, but much like the Titanic, there were treasures on that coach, and in the uh, glove department, I had left uh, eighteen. 24 karat gold chains which I needed to get back uh, unfortunately I lost them the scouts one day were sick of delivering oxygen and went you're not going to get this unless you give us each a gold chain so uh, I had to do this ceremony it was a bit weird actually where these uh, 18 boy scouts all lined up the one at the end of the oxygen tank and one by one had to put these gold chains around them finally when they uh, drifted away with the uh, booty I took the oxygen and uh, like I said lived uh, under the sea where I made friends with a, a crab a world war one bomb that never uh, still down there never got off and a newspaper from uh, 1913 uh blue skies fantastic uh, sadly of course ominous owing to the war starting only a year later Yes, how did and the the paper maintained its integrity? Been underwater for so long? Funny, I tell you this. Very interesting. I, I was down there reading the paper because there's not a lot to do on the seabed. There's no shops. Uh, there's certainly no um, entertainment as such. I found this newspaper. You'll never believe what the front page said. You'll never believe this. 1913 front page of the newspaper. What did it say? Coach goes missing on the. Uh, <laughs> on the west coast of England. Right. Couldn't believe, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Turns out in 1913, this coach reversed into the sea and exactly the same thing happened. I thought, well, I'm going to try and find the coach. So I went swimming. Mm. I came across this coach, 1913. It was an absolutely beautiful thing. Lovely chrome fittings and um, the bloke, the driver, was sat in there. So I swam up to him like, bloody hell, there he is. I go say hello. So in much much the same way you've been living under the sea, after your accident he'd been doing the exact same thing with oxygen in his coach he had although sadly he uh, he was a skeleton but you know from far away I didn't know that and sadly I didn't know that for a few weeks I was talking to him I thought he just enjoyed my uh, conversation although he was a quiet man as to be said but anyway I just thought you know what when I got out I thought I'm going to save my coach and the, 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 the old coach from 1913 so you know this is how the business started I dredged up the coaches I did them all up, and now I take them all to the edge of the earth. What was the journey to the edge of the earth like? Yes, well, the problem with uh, the edge of the earth is that there's nothing beyond it. It's um, it's a, it's a nightmare. As we've said, you know, people think that driving on a motorway, just a straight motorway, is boring. Try driving and then just seeing, you know, complete darkness, complete, you know, black ahead of you. There's black above, black ahead, black down. So, uh, you know, everyone's kind of saying, oh, are you all right? What's going on? I said, don't worry, ladies. We're just going to reverse back. We turned around, and I don't know if you've ever been to the edge of the earth, but there is a fantastic marquee down there. There's the Holiday Inn on the world's edge, which is um, a superb hotel that does breakfast 
breakfast and for an extra bit of money you can get the balcony that looks over the earth's edge which is uh you know that, that really is a uh, worth the money I have to say that and then of course you've got the uh, special breakfast that uh they're fantastic they, they make yeah, the I, don't, I don't want to get, I don't get bogged down into the uh the, the culinary specials well, that no, the let me just no but the, I, I would just like to say that the holiday in the world's edge does a fantastic special world's edge breakfast it's uh, a plate that's cutting off your breakfast's cutting off and so uh you know the beans and uh, some sausages do fall off the edge but you know it makes everyone laugh and there is of course sadly i'm not sure if you're aware of this there is the uh the lido which uh does go over the world's edge right uh, but they didn't when they built it they didn't actually uh, realize it was going to be for the world's edge so uh you've got to be careful the deep end let's just put it like this is bloody deep so it's not like an infinity pool there there is i think i've got the theme here most of the shops and items you get at the world's end also have no edge or, or have <laughs> quite a predominant edge yeah. well exactly uh, there's a lot of edge thank you yeah yeah but you, you put it better than i could to be honest so when you say, say you know, when you say lighter you mean it's just it's just half a swimming pool with water constantly cascading off over the edge it is and you know it's a fantastic uh, wave machine you know it's a wonderful piece of technology this thing i'll tell you also i must say this uh, for any listeners who might be going there do not use the argos there because uh, when the guy goes out back, he doesn't come back for a bloody long time. That fella. Oh, I ordered, um, I ordered uh, a few highlighter pens. You know, the uh, Stabilo Boss kind, uh, pastel shades that please the eye. Anyway, this guy was back there for about two years. When he came back, well, I don't even think it was the same guy, but he uh, he did find them in the end. And what does the what does the town resemble? It's sort of like a, almost like a seaside resort, I guess, in some respects. Uh, do you know? Are you aware of? Um, MGM's classic Western movies. Uh, some of them. <laughs> yeah, same here. Haven't seen them all. Working through them at the moment. But, um, you know, you know the older film sets? They've got the houses that from the front. Oh, my God, you can't wait to go in there. Uh, but when you uh, go out the back, you actually see they're 2D. They're just put up on stilts. Sure. That is basically what it looks like. Now, I didn't know that when I first went there. So I told my, uh, I said to my tour group, look, you've all earned a drink. Here's a pub. There's the saloon doors. In you go. The round's on me. And they walked through these 2D doors. I didn't realise there was nothing behind them. And they went flying all into space out there. So uh, God bless them. Don't know where they are. But I did write a letter to their families. And uh, only one reply. I was taken a court, but um, uh, I hid. And what sort of people do you take on these trips? Who's interested on, in coming? There, there was the, the greatest moment of my uh, professional touring career was when I held a football match against the World's End XI. And, XI? Uh, yes, the Roman symbol for 11. Right. And uh, the, um, the local football club that, that lived near me, I, I said to them, boys, I can, I can get you a bloody good game. Uh, raise a bit of cash for charity. What do you think? They're up for it. So I drove them down. Now, the uh, football pitch, 
on the uh, world's edge. Yeah, I think I think we got the idea. It's just half of it. <laughs> yes, it is. Right. Yes, it is. So uh, you know, we're, we're all still around, and uh, they were like, "Right, do you want to start? Uh, who wants to go home and away, Ed?" Nah, the uh, the old XI are looking a bit shifty, and I'm so like, which, is which, which, wrong, which half is it? Is it one half of the goal, or has you got a left and right side to it? No, 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 no. Come on, for God's sake. It's uh, landscape portrait. It's landscape. It's cutting off landscape. Right. So there are two goals, but there isn't a uh, there isn't a right wing or left wing, depending on which side you're on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, a game can take place, but um, we lost a goalie early on. He dived, uh, he dived out. He just dived. <laughs> He dived off the edge. Dived off that the edge. Sad. Yeah. yeah, that was sad. We lost about twenty balls in the first ten minutes. So <laughs> yeah. I said, "Look, boys, keep it on the floor for God's sake." Um, yeah, and you know, eleven to be eleven on half a pitch. It's a tight game. It's yeah, you say that again. Like, I mean, they're all looking at me. You know, they're like, "Well, you're our manager. Uh, what are we doing here?" I said, "It's for charity. Do you want to? Do you want to call the charity now and tell them you don't want to play? Tell them that they're going to anyway." So that quietened down. Half time, I put up a net. I thought this is terrible. So I found some old tennis nets and I put them along the edge there. And uh, I said, "Right, you go any further than that, you know what happens because we've already lost the goalie. He was floating away. Everyone could see him." Uh, <laughs> lovely lad as well. Sad, sad. That's the thing. When someone goes, they don't just fall off the edge. It takes them a while to completely disappear. And there's and there's um, no effort at that point to rescue them. It feels like a sort of even a cursory rope jet to them might make all the difference. On the uh, on the coach back, someone did say, "Could we not have saved it?" And in hindsight, yes, uh, <laughs> we could have. Uh, so you know, what sort of did... is he screaming as he's floating away? What's he saying to you? Well, he's screaming for his life. He's like, "Bloody hell, where the fuck?" Am I going? And I'm like, enough of that language or I'll have to book you. And he goes, oh, fuck you. I don't care. I gave him a red card. I said, right, even if you come back on here, you're going to be sent, you're going to be going home. So which way do you want to go? He said, well, I don't want to go this way because this ain't home. Anyway, he got very quiet. He kept going. Got faster out there. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, sadly, uh, well, uh, again, I, I don't care to say this. The family wrote to me and said, where'd he go? <laughs> Fair enough. Good question. I said, look, I don't know what's beyond there, uh, but he, he got booked for uh, a discipline and then he kept on carrying on, so I had to abide by the law of the uh, Football Association. Um, and yeah, That's not how you want to remember a son, a brother, a husband, but uh, he was a rude git to me. So as well as the tour guys, you've got quite a committed career as a as an amateur football manager out on the edge. Well, they like playing on that pitch. They think it's thrilling. They get a kick out of it, um, uh, you know. And also the tennis uh, the tennis net that goes around that's not that high. It only goes up to their waist. Uh, people have said, "Why don't I just buy you know just a big massive net?" But uh, you know, I don't like those people, obviously. Um, but yes, last year. I did decide, right, enough's enough. It's time to see what's beyond the edge. And uh, I did adapt the coach. And um, yes, I, I, I did go out there. Extraordinary visit. Extraordinary. What adaptations did you make to the coach to enable, I guess, what is in effect, space flight? The big problem with space travel is there is no road. Yes. A pirate can walk on sea. Why? Because he's walking the plank. Cheerio. Yeah, well, I don't, we, we don't need a metaphor. I think we're well aware that a, a, a coach needs a road. You mean, well, you need, I wish you, you were there. You needed the equivalent of a plank to drive out. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So I uh, I built this plank out of... Um, 
Well, it was just normal, like, MDF. Yeah. Now, that thing is uh, bendy, let me yeah. tell you. So I walked out there, and it was fine, perfect. So I thought, right, I'll put the coach on there. The coach, very heavy, and also a lot wider than me. And what? It's like, it just sort of, you're just stuck there. It, yes. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I mean, there's no... Uh, have you seen the film uh, Italian Job? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I've seen the Italian Job. Bit like that. But instead of, you know, Michael Caine trying to get the treasure, it's me trying to reach for these... Uh, it was a group of WIs that wanted to see uh, go to a tea room in Southampton. Apparently does fantastic uh, Chelsea buns. And I said to them, I can do better than that. You're going to go 200 mile an hour over that plank through space. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, they weren't happy. They weren't happy. Especially when, of course, we stalled on the edge of the world. So if you can imagine... The edge of the earth, a plank sticking right out of it, and a coach full of WI and me. I tried to get them, you know, I tried to get them riled. I got them singing, you know, um, uh, Old Lang Syne. Tried to get them singing songs that they knew, you know, We'll Meet Again, all that kind of nostalgia going on. But they weren't, uh, uh, well, they weren't too happy with me. But um, yeah, we were there for about, uh, it was about a day, you know, and that's a long time when you think about it 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So is it a community that's sort of very much based on the tourist trade? Were you the first person to bring tourists to this town? Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, there was a chap before me, he, he passed away, he was uh, 83 years old, but he didn't actually realise the edge of the world existed. He just thought it was a lovely town and didn't actually mention uh, that half of it was completely cut off. And, and was space. And was space, yes. I mean, the problem with not having any kind of wall or uh, you know, trees to hide the edge is that it gets very, very bright when the sun is shining and it gets very, very dark. So you have to walk around. Everyone has to walk around with sunglasses and hats because it gets uh, it gets to about, uh, well, how hot's the sun? That's about, about 200 million degrees is the sun. So it's very hot there. <laughs> and I didn't realise this till the WI were having their cream teas. And, um, well, there wasn't much left of it by the time we got to the table. So the, sun, the sun's much smaller than we think, and much closer. Oh, the sun. Let me tell you this about the sun. The sun is right next to the world's edge. There is one part of the town where you could basically touch the sun. <laughs> sure. Um, and it's, 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 uh, I've only known one person to do it. 
And um, and why? A sort of drunken bet? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were completely smashed. And uh, we were, it was a lovely summer's day. And I said to him, look, why don't you be the first person to touch the sun? And he went, you must be having me on. No way. I said, I'll give you a tenner. He did it. He put his hand in. And no no, no protection, no oven gloves, no, nothing like that? No, no, he was a... F- this boy was hard. This boy was hard. Anyway, he put his hand in. He, he pulled it back. Nothing came out. He put his other hand in, trying to reach for the other hand. So anyway, he, he's, he's brought a stump out, thinking not so much that the sun has burnt his fingers off. He's just misplaced yeah. his hand inside yeah, the sun. Yeah, it's off. Yeah. Right. He's so really fall- so he's, he's reached back in to try and grab his other <laughs> hand back. He puts left arm in, he pulls it out, and I'm, I look at him going, you've dropped so both he, your arms in the sun. So, even, I, uh, so even you are thinking, he's not he's not burnt them off, he's just lost them. They must have just dropped off somewhere. So um, this woman was passing by, she said, you're right, boys. I said, he's just dropped his arms in the sun. So she went, oh, let me have a look. She put her head in, came out, she dropped her head. I thought, right, she was just a, just a stump for a neck. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought, right, somebody... How, right, long, how, long is this, how long has this town lived on the edge of the earth? Surely they must be aware of the problems involved in putting any kind of limb near the sun. <laughs> I did, it's, right, it's, not, it's not the whole edge, it's this bit in between two houses um, where they can't build a house there, but there's a lovely... There's a greenhouse where you can buy a lovely... Tomatoes, marrows, uh, asparagus. Uh, yeah, all I think we got the, I got the picture. Absolutely massive. Because of their proximity to the sun. Because of their proximity to the sun. And let me tell you, when it rains there, hell fire. When it rains there, hell hath no fury than, than a storm at the world's edge. Let me tell you. And what happens to the water? It absolutely just comes off the side of the, of the edge of the earth there? Yeah, it comes off the side of the world's edge there. You know, and that's why you've got to be careful, because you, you could be driving along and then this water just gushes you off the side. So just to clarify, there's only, there's only one town on the edge of the earth. Or there are other communities dotted around. It's just this is the one that you tend to take tours to. Uh, this is the main one. This is where the shops are, and this is where kind of uh, there's a fantastic comedy club where there's an open. It's there. <laughs> yeah, there's an open mic uh, there called uh, On the Edge, and it's very, very scandalous material uh, delivered with your back to the edge. And if the crowd don't like you, they, uh, they kick you off. Horrible. Right. Horrible. Murder. But people. Murder. Yeah, well, this is the thing. There's a different law down there. Sure. And what? And what is that law? Uh, well, there isn't any. Right. They kind of uh, you you police yourself, and anyone who's a bit naughty gets a telling off. But there is a hell of a lot of murder. You don't want to upset anyone there because um, it's ready to just push someone off the edge. Well, this guy, well, I remember being there and there was a local, you don't want to mess with this guy. This car pulled up and like four yobs, horrible, horrible gang of uh, youths. And they let out the window and they went, hello, mate, uh, can you tell us where the nearest fish and chip shop is? You know, horrible. And, uh, you know, we don't, well, the community down there don't like rudeness. So this guy went, um, where are you from? And they went, never mind where we're from. Where's the nearest fish and chip shop? And I knew exactly what the local was doing. He said, it's about ten minutes down there, turn left. Right. Never saw him again. Yeah. Never saw him again. But is the edge of the earth, like, is that accessible then by road? Well, you can drive to the edge of this road, yes. 
And how much did you, how much does it how much does it cost? I'm sure people listening to this podcast would be thrilled to uh, to take a trip to the edge of the earth with the other thrill seekers and football teams in the WI. How much does it cost to go on a trip to the edge of the earth? Well, you're looking at well a night in the hotel uh, with a view of the edge. You're looking at about 120 pound a night with breakfast 140. And this is their famous breakfast, as you said, that with half the plate missing. Yeah, if you want the full plate, that's another 20. They, there was a scandal where a hotel tried to sell a view of the world's edge and they just blacked out the windows. Because it was facing inwards. Yes, it was facing uh, the road. But talking about the people that you've taken on these tours, have you ever had problems, like people kicking off about the edge of the earth? Do you get people that so passionately believe in the earth being a globe that they just can't accept it when they see it? You, you get a lot of... Uh, y- yes, you, I've had a lot of people... Like scientists that think, think they know better and stuff like that. I took a group of scientists uh, to the world's edge and um, we stood there and they all stood, uh, you know, in a, in a small huddle and we were we were looking over it. And I uh, there was a woman there. You know, she was absolutely stunning. Right. Yeah. Where's this going? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I I fell in love with this woman. Now, she didn't fall in love with me. As to, that has to be said that it, it was a completely unrequited love affair. But she nearly convinced me. This is how strong love is. She nearly convinced me that... The Earth was a globe. The Earth is a globe. And, and she, uh, was, well, she was telling you this whilst you were there at the edge. Yes. And I, this is how strong love is. I said to her, her name was Pauline. I said, Pauline, I'm trying to prove to you here, if you take one step off, you ain't going around, girl. You ain't, you ain't going, you know, into the sea. There's no equator. This is it. You're on the edge. So these scientists were kicking up quite a bit of a fuss then? Oh, my God, they were running round screaming like crazy. I could I could hardly hear Pauline over the din. They were screaming, saying it was an absolute charade and that I was a con man. And I said, no, no, and this is what love does to you. To prove it to her, I stepped off the edge. Right. I went flying. Floating slowly at first? Floating slowly at first and then picking up speed. And and, what, and how is she reacting at this point? She sees you step off like, I, I guess I'm, I'm pitching in my head a sort of like cliff-like dynamic. So I stepped off and I went flying. I went flying down. You don't know how fast you're going in space, really. You can't tell. But I can tell you right now, there is a hell of a lot more going on below us than we think. So the Earth isn't so much a disc, it's almost like a, a column. It's like an upside-down snow globe. So there is, yeah. so there is, there is a globe <laughs> underneath the disc. So, so the Earth is flat, yeah. but it's on top of a sphere. Yes. Right. Yes. So in many, so uh, so when I came back round, what do you mean came back round? Oh, you, you, did, you did a complete orbit. I did. Yes. Yeah, but presumably to the other side of the disc. Uh, well, yes, I did, and it took right. me a while to get back. Pauline was married by the time I got back to her, but. Um, I, uh, you know, I've become quite philosophical in my time. You stare out into space, you stare out into the void on the world's edge, and you do start thinking about the bigger things in life, especially when you've walked around the edge of the globe, uh, you know, backwards. You've had to walk around the the top of the edge, and you've also been underneath it. I've been, I've, I've been, I have been underneath the world's edge. I've walked along the world's disc. I have been everywhere on this planet. Well, you haven't. You've, 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 you've been on quite dramatic lines across it. That's <laughs> what you've, you've covered quite little of the actual surface area. <laughs> I have done a straight line. Uh, I haven't actually gone 
very much to my left or right, as to be said. That is true. Uh, and uh, one um, one final question, I guess, is do you still love the town? Could you ever see yourself uh, moving there, retiring there, perhaps? A statue was made to me uh, last Christmas. In honour of you bringing so much tourist trade to the town? Yes. And it's it's an absolutely beautiful statue. Uh, it's on the edge of the plank, and uh, look, it, it's it's got one foot. Basically, it's a statue of me with one foot on the edge of the plank, and another foot just about to step into the unknown. Now, what does it represent? Pauline thinks it's folly, stupidity, uh, a small-minded batshit man who thinks he's bigger than the rest of us. I think it perfectly represents exploration. As I was uh, giving the speech, uh, thanking everyone for building it for me, I don't know what material they used. I believe it was brass, but they had uh, they hadn't weighed the left foot on the plank as much as they'd put onto the one that was dangling off the edge. Right. So as I was giving the speech, it fell off into the unknown. <laughs> yeah. And so as I was, and I had my back turned to it, so I didn't know this was happening. How did people react to your speech? Were they just sort of laughing as it fell off? Yeah, they were pissing themselves. Uh, everyone was really cracking up. But you hadn't you had noticed this? No, I thought they were laughing at my uh, at my speech. It was a funny speech. I'd spent a long time working on it. Uh, just to summarise, uh, would you encourage people to, to book your tour and come and see the edge of the earth? No, well, no, I've decided to, um, you know, it, I'm going to do another six months, but 2021 is the big year for me. I am not taking people to the edge of the world anymore. It reminds me too much of the statue, Pauline, uh, the football games that went terribly wrong. I want to now uh, find out what's going on below us. So there is going to be a tour, which I take, uh, basically, I'll pick you up at Victoria Station in London. We go to Bristol. You bring your own spade, and uh, basically... <laughs> you go to the centre of the earth. I'm going to the centre of the earth. Uh, we're going to call it the Big Dig, and over time, uh, hopefully one day, uh, we'll find out what's below there. Again, it will be in a straight line, but uh, I like the idea that I would have gone left to right, up and down this world before I leave this mortal coil. Well, Jimmy Guinness, thank you very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to talk, just give me a bell. Well, that's all we've got time for. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please leave a review on the Apple podcast site if you have time. In other news, longtime friend of the show, John Kearns, our chief researcher, is bringing out a recording of his show from Lash's Edinburgh Fringe. It's fantastic and available on vinyl or as a futuristic digital download. Download. Search for Monkey Barrel Records for more information on that. Also, I, all-round fun guy Matt Ewins, am live-streaming an hour-long comedy show on the 19th of June with a load of fun games and videos. Search for Upload Comedy Festival for details on that. We'll chat links up on our Twitter account, at MicroscopeFun, for both of those. Next week, I'll be talking to someone who claims their washing machine can travel through time. But until then, remain vigilant and catch you next time on Microscope. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.